Support for WABE comes from the Community Foundation for Greater Atlanta. You can go beyond giving to impact. Learn more at cfgreateratlanta.org. I'm Erlon Woods. I'm Nigel Poor. We're the hosts and creators of Ear Hustle from PRX's Radiotopia. Ear Hustle is a show about life inside prison, but it's not your typical prison podcast. In this next season, we've got stories about the objects people keep inside their prison cells. About residents in a women's prison who say they want to stay there. And the most beautiful prison garden. Erlon, I will never forget it. Ear Hustle. Stories about life on the inside told by those who live it. Find Ear Hustle wherever you get your podcasts. From WABE in Atlanta, this is Closer Look, and I'm Rose Scott. Coming up on today's program, we'll hear how the Good Charcoal Company is addressing food insecurity and also the company's connection to a small African nation. Plus, black women have been the backbone of political change since they got the right. And when I say the right, meaning they've always taken initiative. They've always been there. The Closer Look Vault lands on actor, writer, and political activist Erica Alexander. All that's just ahead, but first, this news. Tight elections and baseless conspiracy theories have election workers facing enormous scrutiny. Georgia Secretary of State Office is now introducing a text messaging application to help election workers flag threats. Our politics reporter Sam Greenglass has more. After the 2020 election, Fulton County election worker Shay Moss says she no longer felt comfortable giving out her business card or even going to the grocery store. For weeks, Trump lawyer Rudy Giuliani spread lies about widespread election fraud, lies that entangled Moss, who became the target of violent threats. If I would have never decided to be an elections worker, I could have done anything else, but that's what I decided to do, and now... People are spreading rumors and lies and attacking my mom. That's Moss testifying for the January 6th panel in Congress. Her story is an extreme example, but the Justice Department says election workers in states with closely contested elections like Georgia have been more likely to face threats. Are there people here who are using the heated rhetoric? Yes. Their reach isn't as broad as it was as a president from two years ago. Gabe Sterling with the Secretary of State says the climate does not feel as tense now as it did after the 2020 election. But he says the text messaging app for poll workers is one way election officials are preparing for whatever happens. The problem is in this environment, it's hard for a poll manager to discern what is somebody who's just genuinely upset or somebody who's there to cause problems? We've set it up so it alerts us, the Secretary of State's office, and the sheriff. Deb Cox is the Lowndes County election director. It'll make the poll workers feel better, too, because there's a little bit of anxiety out there looking across the United States with some of the incidents that have occurred. So that allays some of their anxiety as well, knowing they have something that'll get an instant response. Election officials acknowledge that a safety app is just one tool. What it won't fix is disinformation and a political climate that spurred hostility toward election workers in the first place. Sam Greenglass, WABE News. Meanwhile, a redistricting era in Cobb County has caused some confusion during early voting in Georgia's midterm elections. Cobb County Elections Director Janine Eveler says more than a thousand voters were incorrectly assigned to District 4 when they should have been in District 5. 
Evler says the error went undetected in the primary election, but has been corrected. Now, the mistake mostly affects a heated school board race for District 4. The winner of that seat could determine whether the school board is controlled by Republicans or Democrats. Evler told WABE about 100 incorrect in-person and seven absentee ballots have been cast. She says 39 mail-in ballots have been issued but not accepted. Those ballots will be canceled and reissued. In other news, the trial over the state's abortion restriction is set to continue today in Fulton County Superior Court. As we hear from Jess Mador, the courtroom was packed yesterday as Judge Robert McBurney heard oral arguments for and against House Bill 481. Georgia's law prohibits most abortions after around six weeks of pregnancy, which is before many people know they're pregnant. ACLU staff attorney Julia Kay argues it violates state privacy protections. The question is whether forced pregnancy infringes Georgians' fundamental right to privacy under the state constitution, interferes with Georgians' right to be let alone and to the uninterrupted enjoyment of their life, body, and health. In his opening arguments, Georgia Solicitor General Stephen Petrani says the crux of the case is simple. There is no right to abortion under Georgia's constitution. There's nothing that even hints at a right to abortion under Georgia's constitution. The trial is expected to continue through Tuesday. Jess Mador, WABE News. Atlanta Mayor Andre Dickens says the city is launching a program to crack down on apartment owners who neglect their properties. Now, Dickens gave a press conference yesterday at the dilapidated Forest Cove Apartments, where all residents have now been relocated. This happened after a year-long WABE investigation revealed substandard living conditions. Dickens says the new program will bring together a range of local, federal, and state code enforcement and housing agencies to make sure a crisis situation like Forest Cove doesn't happen again. He says the city will provide funds to help owners with upkeep or assist with a change in ownership. And a programming note, tomorrow on Closer Look, Mayor Andre Dickens joins the program. And our discussion will focus on housing affordability in Atlanta. Let's talk about flowers. A rare North Georgia flower is bouncing back. Emily Jones reports the smooth cone flower is now listed as threatened instead of endangered. Smooth cone flowers need plenty of sunshine and won't grow if the woods get too thick. Regular fires, both naturally occurring and set by Native Americans, long helped maintain the open areas that smooth coneflowers need. But fire suppression led to overgrown forests. Now, the combined efforts of botanists, land managers, and ecologists have helped them recover. Lisa Cruz of the Georgia Department of Natural Resources says the success of this effort is encouraging. To see something like that make such a big difference over 10 years is really satisfying, but um, it's not rocket science. You know, it's something that everybody can do and help out with together and, and really see change happen. Cruz says smooth coneflowers are a key indicator species. If they're doing well, it's a sign the habitat as a whole is thriving. Emily Jones, WABE News. All right, let's hear for the smooth cone flower because it's important. If you like echinacea, hey, it's important. Issues that are important to you and your household. Today we are here in our fall fall fundraiser and we're asking for your donation because it helps to create better understanding and interesting interviews and segments and news reports like the one we just heard. So guess what? We're in the final moments of the member drive and we have some catching up to do to meet our goal. We really do. So simply, we're asking for your help. To stay on track, we're trying to hit our hourly benchmarks and your gift right now will help us. So it's easy. WABE.org slash donate. Look, 
Listener support is the foundation of our independent journalism, you know, because it's the latest share of our funding. So when you give WABE 10 or $15 a month, you give us the freedom to report with no strings attached. I'm here to tell you that. So start your monthly gift or add a dollar or $2 to your existing monthly support. It's easy. Like I said, go to WABE.org slash donate or the old fashioned way. 678-553-9090. And right now we've got yet another reason to give. I'm joined this hour by our WABE politics reporter, Raul Bali. Raul, welcome. What's up, Rose? I have to tell you that uh, this is a historic for a closer look because I am not in studio. I am coming from our closer look studios uh, in another part of town, also <laughs> known as Rose's foyer because I'm nursing a <laughs> knee injury. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. You know what happens when you get, you know, you get to the point where you feel like you're 25 and you can do the same things you did, but then your body says, now you know you're not 25. You know what happened to me last week? Uh-oh, what happened? I, had to, I started wearing bifocals. Oh. It, it was a, it's an old moment for me because I'm just really? like, like, do I really have to do this? But yeah, I, I'm getting used to these. I'm still getting headaches, but uh, yeah. I've got bifocals. That's what mid-40s will do to you. Well, I might need a new knee. Who knows? But anyway, <laughs> tell folks why today is so important. Uh, you know, it's it, that newscast explains the kind of journalism that we do. You know, whether it's, you know, kind of the threats to election workers and those concerns. The amazing work Stephanie Stokes has done on Forest Cove. Absolutely. You know, you have a mayor basically having, you know, you know and, and previous uh, leaders of the city having to address the issues because of that in-depth journalism. And it's, it's not just, hey, here's the problem at Forest Cove. You know, Stephanie telling the stories of what's mm-hmm. going on there. Sam Greenglass telling mm-hmm. the stories of the threats to to election workers and and the response that the state has had to do with with, you know, for example, this app to deal with threats. So. Mm-hmm. And, and that was just in one newscast that you all just heard at one o'clock. You know, mm-hmm. that's that's what we do. That's different from anybody else in this city. And when you give right now, we'll enter you into a drawing to win a two hundred and fifty dollar restaurant dot com gift card. With it, you can choose a place to eat at over twelve thousand restaurants. Twelve thousand. The drawing is open to anyone who donates between now and the end of Closer Look. Just this limited pool, because your odds right now are pretty good. Your gift right now in this fundraiser helps you to bring Closer Look and all the other great shows you love. It gets you entered. So please take a moment, give what you can. Six seven eight five five three ninety nine. They're online at wabe.org/donate. And thank you. My name is Warren Shiver, and I'm from Vinings, Georgia. You know, I really enjoy Closer Look because I no longer subscribe to the really any local press, whether in print or online. So it's really one of my only sources for, you know, local news about the Atlanta community. Rose is an excellent journalist herself, and it feels like she does a good job of of pushing people to articulate and defend both sides of the story. Uh, Thank you, Warren, from Vinings. The importance of having a fair 
accounting of both sides of a story? Well, it can't be underestimated. And I know, folks, sometimes you all send emails and say, why didn't you, why did you ask this? Why did you ask that? Well, I'm trying to ask a lot of questions. But the, my, my, my job is to be fair. And in that last few years, in the last few years, we've seen how important an independent journalistic approach is. That's why Closer Look and WABE are so valuable. You know you're getting journalism held to the highest standards, and I mean that. So please give to support wabe.org slash donate or 678-553-9090. You know, folks, what we really would hope for you to join us as a WABE sustaining member. And and it's whatever works for you. I mean, we we know budgets are tight. You know, what's best for what, what, you know, what is one of our most popular options is $10 a month. It seems... That's what works for a lot of our people. But whatever works for you to be a sustainer for us, it allows us to tell those stories, to amplify diverse voices across Atlanta. And right now, for every WABE monthly donor uh, who does it automatically, and they'll get a gift of the PBS streaming service, Passport. And by the way, one of the great things that just went up on Passport is mm-hmm. the documentary about the Asian spa shootings that just mm-hmm. went up on yeah. Passport. And you had a great interview uh, with the director of that. And that is the kind of work, of, of documentary, that you get for supporting us. And, and you get that by being an automatic, uh, an automatic uh, monthly donor. Um, whatever works for you. Again, you know, first-time sustainer, if you're already a sustainer, Add $2 a month. That's that's great. And remember, we get the vast majority, 90% of our funding from listeners like you and our community. So we'd love for your help. 678-553-9090. 678-553-9090. One of our most popular thank you gifts is back. It's a digital subscription to the New York Times. Enjoy unlimited, anytime, anywhere access to all New York Times content including breaking news, videos, and even the daily mini crossword puzzle. This one-year subscription can be accessed on any smartphone, tablet, or web browser. Available to you today with a new monthly gift of $15 or an annual gift of $180. Facts matter, and your gift matters too. At wabe.org slash donate or call 678-553-9090. Thank you. Support for WABE comes from the Community Foundation for Greater Atlanta. If you love Atlanta, you can invest in the big picture. Learn more at cfgreateratlanta.org. The field of mental health counseling is growing rapidly, and Richmond Graduate University can equip you with everything you need as a licensed professional counselor while integrating your faith into your clinical practice. Programs are offered in Atlanta, Chattanooga, and online. Apply today at richmont.edu. That's R-I-C-H-M-O-N-T dot E-D-U. And Closer Look continues from WABE in Atlanta. I'm Rose Scott. By definition, food insecurity, as described by the USDA, is the lack of consistent access to enough food for an active, healthy life. Also, more than 34 million people, it's estimated now, 34 million people, including 9 million children in our nation, are considered food insecure. And then if you want more statistics, last year, 32.1% of households with incomes below the federal poverty line were considered 
food insecure. And as you know, we've had this conversation so many times on this program. When it comes to solutions that will work to combat food insecurity, often you hear it takes public and private partnerships, nonprofits and for-profits. Everybody must do their part. Well, the Good Charcoal Company is striving to be a part of the solution with several initiatives that we're going to hear about. And I'm joined now by Ben Jablonski, CEO of the Good Charcoal Company. Ben, welcome to Closer Look. Oh, great to be with you, Rose. Let's begin here with the origin story because you all have not been around that long. No, actually, Rose, we were started during COVID. And like you said, food insecurity is such a big problem in the United States and in Georgia specifically, one in eight Georgians, Georgians suffer from food insecurity. So when we mm-hmm. started the company, we decided we would fight food insecurity as well. We saw the lines for food around the country and we said every week we would give free hot meals at a different food bank around America uh, mm-hmm. every week. And we've now fed over 22,000 meals to people in need. We know that often there is a, another backstory to this. So the Good Charcoal Company, let's back up because, you know, I'm, I, folks that listen to this program know Rose is, is the curator of, of Good Barbecue. And obviously sometimes you've got to have good charcoal, although some folks will argue that you can do it without charcoal. Well, that's a whole other conversation. Um, what led you all to start the Good Charcoal Company? Yeah, so we heard that there was a massive environmental problem in southwest Africa, in Namibia, called bush mm-hmm. encroachment. There are 100 million acres of acacia bush in Namibia. That's almost double the state of Georgia. And this acacia bush is invasive. So animals like the cheetah are running out of room to hunt. In fact, they're actually going blind because they're running into this acacia bush. So we heard about this problem and decided to work with environmental agencies uh, to take this invasive bush, make it into charcoal and help restore the environmental equilibrium in Southwest Africa. Well, let's let's back up to this bush. How did you all know this would be a, a, a key ingredient for making great charcoal, as you call it? Yeah. So in the United States, most charcoal is sawdust mixed with chemicals. Um, so we decided that the acacia bush is actually harder than oak or hickory, but it burns much hotter. So you actually mm-hmm. get a better flavor on your meat. So we decided if we could just give the American customer something that was chemical free, healthy, it would be a great thing. It would be embraced, and it has. So that's that was the real backstory. And if we could solve an environmental problem at the same time and feed people here too, it would make us happy. Are you all also able to help or support this small African nation as well? Yes. Well, we're creating employment, and we're actually also working with um, USAID uh, on the ground in Namibia. So it's a huge priority for us. Um, we've actually given equity. Uh, to our partners in Namibia so that Mm -hmm. it's not just a factory, but it's actually building wealth on the ground in Namibia, which is also important to us. When you talk about now you all are able to address food insecurity, are you able, Ben, are you able to gauge? You said you've provided about 22,000 meals. So you all are able to gauge just the effectiveness of this. And someone listening may say, well, 22,000 meals, it's not a lot, but every little bit helps. How are you also looking at in the future to continue this? Do you need to have more partners? Yeah, exactly right. And so we thought if we're, if everyone did what we did, the problem would be solved uh, as an example. But um, so obviously we're a little bit of the solution, but we decided we fell in love with a place called Feeding Georgia Families in Atlanta, mm-hmm. which is by the airport. And mm-hmm. we decided to look for partners and we partnered with Home Depot. And we said that for every eight pound bag we sell, 
all of the profits online will go to feeding Georgia families to help them build mm -hmm. a new facility. There are all the profits. I want to be. I want to make sure that people heard you. All the profits. All, oh, online on HomeDepot.com. You know, is going to that, and we just decided that's a great way for us as a brand uh, to make a statement that this is really that a small company can do something really that's meaningful to us. And we also decided that's a great way to engage and inspire the people at Home Depot and the people in the broader Atlanta community just to get behind this. Ben, how committed are you all to continue this? You know, sometimes when we, when we talk about for profits and, and often being part of solutions to some of our, our, our social issues. And, and, and obviously this is and for folks who want to argue about it. I'm not going to get into that. But this is always a political issue when everyone has an idea. Everyone has a solution because they want your vote. But how committed are you all to doing this through throughout whatever political season we're in or what have you? How committed are you all to con continuing to do this? Well, we started doing this. First of all, I'm Australian, so I'm almost outside of the politics. But um, I, um, so we're, whoever wins, we still do this. But um, we actually started this program before we had a dollar of revenue. We started out of our own pockets before we even knew whether this is going to work or not. So this is going to be a part of what we do uh, for the whole life of the company. And it's, it's just the reason why we wake up in the morning to do this. What are your terms of other initiatives do you, will you solely focus on food insecurity it's a good one so if, if you say yeah, no rose right. this is what we're doing that's fine that's i think that's okay i think we're um we're a small and growing company and if we can just pick one thing and really focus on that and inspire others to join us in this struggle then that that would be a real victory for us hey ben i have a question from a listener that says what makes good charcoal so good for barbecue <laughs> i love it yeah sure that's a great question so one um acacia has a really nice flavor in mm -hmm. itself two because it burns hotter because it's more dense you actually get a better sear on your meat so you actually lock in the natural flavor of your meat better because the temperature is higher so that's what makes it so good to cook with and um and yeah you get more charcoal per bag because it's a denser it's a denser wood now you stand by that, Ben. Hundred percent. Yeah, I, I I cook with it every week. You know, I'm from, you know I grew up making a shrimp on the barbie, so I've been. Uh, I know I just like to cook with charcoal. Now, someone like me who grew up on good barbecue, or I'm from St. Louis, I have not tried your charcoal. I, I I will try it, but I got to ask you, what is the best meat? Then you think, or or whatever. It could doesn't have to be a meat. It could be corn. I don't care. What is that good, good product to put on a, the good charcoal? Well, you know, I love two things. I love chicken and I love brisket. So, um, you know, it, it, either way, it, it, it's going to come out great. You know, you just need um, the, th the three things you need is a good quality meat, a mm -hmm. good fuel source, and then you need good seasoning. So however you want to season your meat, that's up to you. But um, you need a good, good fuel source to make it go. <laughs> Ben, as we begin to wrap up, what does it say in terms of just through your lens, how a, a for-profit company can also have initiatives and, 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 you know, projects that also are addressing, you know, social issues and at the same time still turn a profit, but also still be part of solutions. What does it say for a company like, well, the good, good charcoal company to do this? I think if we can do it, anyone can, you know, that there's always room. And I think, um, as new companies come up and we start to think about how companies should be built and it, it goes from how you're treating your people to how you're making an impact in the community, I think that it's actually good business 
to do good for the community because um, one, you're doing a good thing and you're building loyalty to your brand and you're making a change. You're leaving the world better than you found it. Ben, I'm going to say this right now. So next summer, we're going to have the Closer Look barbecue competition and, and, and good good charcoal company. Y'all going to be there for me? Rose, we'll be, we'll, we'll be at the grill together. We'll work the grill <laughs> together. <laughs> uh, I don't know. What, what, what kind of res- What's your specialty? You said shrimp. What's no, your well, specialty, I grew up with shrimp in Australia, but I, I can do a good brisket. I can do a good chicken. What meat do you like, Rose? We'll, we'll cook whatever you want. Okay, now you know I I do love chicken and and look corn. I I love good corn on the grill. So we we're gonna work this out now, folks. Get on me because I refuse to say what is the best barbecue in the Atlanta region because I don't want these establishments mad at me. So we're gonna go ahead and just go ahead and tell marketing because they're listening. Next year it's the Closer Look and Good Charcoal Company Barbecue Festival, <laughs> and we're gonna yeah. find out right. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> We'll fly in. Oh, now marketing saying Rose don't I'm make in. promises. I'm <laughs> ben Jablonski, CEO of the Good Charcoal Company. Thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you so much for what you're all trying to do to help so many folks here in Georgia. We really appreciate it. Oh, thank you, Rose. And Closer Look continues now from WABE in Atlanta. I'm Rose Scott. You know, that conversation we just had about giving back, and often we will profile nonprofits and also we'll look at corporations to see what they're doing because we know those issues are important to you. And that's the reason why we have a fundraiser like this. It's simple. We're looking for donations to help cover the cost of programs like Closer Look, City Lights, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, Snap judgment. I love it. We're in the member drive. We've got some catching up to do to meet our goals. So in order to stay on track, we're trying to hit our hourly benchmarks and your gift right now will help us. It's really easy. WABE.org slash donate. Don't wait. Start a monthly contribution that will invest in the journalism we all need. WABE is a listener supported public good. Don't be mistaken. It really is. And we always, we will always be free, always and open to anyone and everyone but we do that thanks to our listeners who support our work. We really do. It's easy. WABE.org slash donate or call 678-553-9090. Coming to you from our Closer Look studios in another part of the town. That's me. <laughs> I'm joined this hour by WABE Project reporter Raul Bali. Got a couple of emails from folks saying, Rose, I hope your knee gets better. And somebody offered to work on my knee. No, <laughs> I, I, I got somebody. I love y'all, but you ain't touching my knee. Rose, what's happening? You, you know, uh, as Rose mentioned, you know, we're looking to cover our cost. You know, a lot of people just, you know, think the programming that, that we bring in is just free. It's not. We we pay for this programming. That's the model for, for you know, these great programs that we bring you. And that's why we're hoping, you know, to incentivize you to help support what we do here. We have a $250 restaurant.com gift card. And, and we've got a list of restaurants. And, and one of the restaurants on the list is Elevation Chop House and Sky Bar, which I actually went to a campaign event there uh, earlier this year, it's a, it's interesting to cover the campaign event. You wasn't there, like you know. Just, Yo, that's true. I, I was not event. campaigning. You are you're right about. It. But it's it's a cool restaurant because it oversees the Cobb County Airport. So like you can watch the airplanes come in and out while while you're eating. So right. uh, 
it's it's one of the restaurants that you can win. It's one of the restaurants that you can get here with this two hundred and fifty dollar restaurant dot com gift card. Now the drawing is for those who donate and join us right now here during Closer Look. Your odds right now are one in seven. That's that's pretty good odds right there. Yeah, that's now not bad. exactly. Now you can give at wabe.org slash donate or you can call six seven eight five five three nine zero nine zero. That's six seven eight five five three ninety ninety. And look, we're not just, you know, talking about making a donation just for this gift card. It helps support programs like Rose and 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 Closer Look and the shows that they bring in. It helps support the work that I do, Susanna Capaluto and Sam Greenglass, my 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 partners in crime on the politics team. In, on the politics, not crime. I mean, let me make that very clear. <laughs> We're not committing crimes, uh, but uh, you guys help support the work we do. I just came from the Georgia State Capitol. Mm-hmm. You know um, where we got the latest on early voting, but it's it's. What do you not- got for us, Daniel? I might as well ask you, like we're doing an interview. What what's the latest? We, uh, the state of Georgia has already crossed after just nine days. We are right now. We're in the middle of the ninth day. Already cost, passed a million. Wow. Um, and wow. think about it. Georgia has seven million voters, mm-hmm. and you've already got one seventh in, and you still got early voting the rest of this week, mm-hmm. and then you've got early voting all of next week, all the way to Friday. Mm-hmm. You know, you could have a significant chunk of voting done. And and by the way, that's important. I tell people that's important because it has changed the dynamics of elections because of early votings. Debates mm-hmm. are done earlier. Like the Atlanta mm-hmm. Press Club debates are already done. Way back in the day, they were done like the Sunday and Thursday before Election yeah, Day. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. Think about all the commercials that are hitting us now. That's the that's the kind of reporting and and we that we do here of how you and I and everybody our, our lives have changed because of early voting. So uh, again, six seven eight five five three nine zero nine zero. We love your support and thank you very much. Hi, I'm Keith Woods. I'm the Chief Diversity Officer at NPR. Public radio is not only powerful, but the responsibility is great. We're telling people every day that we're giving them enough information to do what they need to do in this democracy. If we are not bringing all of the voices possible forward, we're not doing that. When you don't talk to people, you talk for them. And diversity is about giving people the full voice. I give to my station because I know how much it takes to do the journalism that the journalists at NPR do. I'm Keith Woods. You count on us to do the kind of homework that allows us to provide you with a full and accurate image of the people around you. Here's how you can support journalism that sounds like our world and broadens yours. Absolutely. I know Keith Woods. He's a good egg, as they say. You can give at wabe.org slash donate. And the phone number is 678-553-9090. So let me ask you this. Did you hear what Keith said? When you don't talk to people, you talk for them. Wow, I really love that. That is, that's what's up. Think about how much your world has been broadened simply by listening to an Atlanta radio station like WABE. So please, because of the value that you find here, and whatever that is, make your first gift perhaps, whatever that is, your first gift at wabe.org slash donate. And as always, we say thank you. You know, we Keith just spoke to us recently uh, as a group of reporters. And, and you know, as much as we try 
to do our best diversifying and amplifying the voices of Atlanta, you can always do better. And and that's mm-hmm. what Keith helped. We had some some really good discussions about how we can do a better job, how we can, you know, whether it's the questions, the approach, um, you know, and, and even tracking this kind of data. You know, mm-hmm. we, we internally track these things. How do we do that? You know, how do you have those conversations? And, and again, we're able to do that because of your support, you know, and, and that can be as simple as $10 a month. That will make you a WABE sustainer. And it's really one of the best ways and most popular ways, you know, because that $10 may seem, you know, a small amount, but it helps us plan because you're giving $10 a month. It, it, it comes into we know we have your ongoing support and therefore we can plan you know, that we can do this event, that event. We can pay for this show and that show. You know, we're going to be hitting the road with uh, the Georgia Votes 2022 podcast. Again, mm-hmm. we can't plan those things unless we know that we have your support long term. And that's that's really what makes such a big difference. Look, we ask you to give what works for you, you know, kind of like Taylor did and Lisa did and Krishna mm-hmm. did. They're, those are some of the people who've joined us this hour. They're all from Atlanta. Thank you so much for joining us. Again, wabe.org or 678-553-9090, 678-553-9090. And it'll help you, again, pay for, a, if you're a fan of Rose and Closer Look, <laughs> yes, we want, we want your support because... Even if you're not a fan of Rose, I still want your money. <laughs> <laughs> you know, again, 90% of all of our funding comes from Metro Atlanta. It's y'all that really, really, really help you us. You know so, what, bro? I, I want to jump in for a moment before we, we get ready for our next break, because I think it's important for listeners to understand, too, that I think not only is WABE valued just here, obviously, in the Atlanta region and here in Georgia, but nationally and internationally how many times are we on the bbc other outlets i mean i'm doing something with a slate podcast uh, i believe next week uh i'm going to be doing something with french public radio i gotta be honest i didn't know there was a french public radio network you learn something new every day and they they called me and you know, i don't speak any french but i was like yo what's up and so <laughs> we got it worked out <laughs> But I'm going to be doing something with a French public radio station because this election, everybody's got their eyes on Georgia. So I think folks should know there's value in knowing that other outlets, news outlets, locally, nationally, internationally, they come to WABE to look, seek experts. You've done a lot. Sam Greenglass, Mm -hmm. we hear on NPR, you know, we've seen our reporters on other mainstream outlets. What does that say? Here's what it says, and here's why it's important. Because, look, we all get frustrated when we see something on television, you know, about the South or about Atlanta. And and we know it's wrong because it's somebody who's not from here. I appreciate when MSNBC reaches out or I want to be on the BBC next week. You know, uh, I'm going, I joined a French – I talked to a French newspaper a couple of weeks ago. Along with, you know, radio, I was on a Washington, D.C. radio station last week. Mm -hmm. The reason it's important is because we're here and we can bring a it's not just the basic perspective of, you know, Senator Warnock has said this. Herschel Walker has said this. The libertarian said this. It's Mm -hmm. we can tell you what's going on on the ground. We can explain why there's this divide in Georgia where it looks like 
you know, Governor Kemp is kind of tracking to winning. Also, Raphael Warnock. We can explain that. That's why it's important what we do here. And with nearly 90% of all the funding coming from Metro Atlanta, your help is so important to us. WABE.org slash donate or the old-fashioned way, 678-553-99. And as always, we say thank you. For a mix of the old and the new, we've got a great way to say thank you with your donation of just $10 a month. And it's three gifts in one. First, it's our vintage Forever I Love Atlanta mug, featuring hand-drawn designs of some of Atlanta's best-known landmarks. You'll also receive the WABE window cling, as well as 20 stylish lapel buttons showcasing some of the best public radio programs of past and present. This three-tier combo is yours with a new gift of $10 a month. With that donation, you'll get yet one more gift, the PBS streaming service Passport. This fall, we'd like to remind you that facts matter, and so too does your support of independent local journalism. Please give at wabe.org slash donate or call 678-553-9090. Thank you. And Closer Look continues from WABE in Atlanta or from Rose's Foyer. I'm Rose Scott. Erica Alexander got her big break as an actor on The Cosby Show. And from there, she landed a big role as Maxine Shaw on the 90s TV sitcom Living Single. Oh, God, the bastard bastard. <laughs> he used me. Can you prove that he was on an airplane at the time of the murder? All he had to do was plant a poisonous spider catch a flight to D.C. and let the creepy crawler do the killing for him. He played me, Khadija. No. <laughs> Afterwards, Alexander continued, including an appearance in the Oscar-nominated film Get Out. Now, while acting is a passion for Erica Alexander, she's also politically active. So back in 2018, she was a featured speaker for the Power Rising Summit, which brought together black women to focus on political and social activism, as well as healthy living for communities. So of course, she stopped by Closer Look to talk about the political power of women and specifically black women. My mother was a teacher. My father was an itinerant preacher. They worked multiple jobs to feed their six kids. We were the working poor. Still, we had our eyes on a future where we were just like the folks on TV. That is Erica Alexander, who we all know played the self-independent and self-strong-willed attorney Maxine Shaw on the 90s sitcom Living Single. But at that time, what you just heard, that was at the 2016 Democratic National Convention. Erica Alexander joins me in studio. Good to see you. Thanks for taking the time. Thank you. Good to see you, Rose. Your voice is love on a stick. Uh, say that again. It's love on a stick. I appreciate that. Yes, it's <laughs> just gorgeous. You were a delegate at the 2016 Democratic National Convention in Philadelphia, your hometown. That's right. What was that like? Well, um, it's my adopted hometown, so it's even more important. Um, as they just heard in that clip, both of my parents were orphans, and I was born in the mountains of Arizona. And when we got to Philadelphia, that's where all the things started to change for us. My father literally... Um, um, was uh, an itinerant preacher. Mm -hmm. that, that means he had no salary, and he, people would pass the plate, and he would be like tipped, and that was his salary. But when we got to Philadelphia, he changed his denomination from Church of God in Christ to Lutheran, and they sent him to the seminary, mm -hmm. and literally our lives changed. So not only did our options change, our lives changed. And when I, we got there, I appreciate 
that um, I was discovered in a theater called um, New Freedom mm-hmm. there. And then suddenly all these wonderful things happened. I went to Philadelphia High School for Girls. So when I go back there, I, I really take it as a place that um, sort of formed me. Your parents, although immersed in a faith-based community, but what about politics? Did they Was politics heavily talked about in your home? You know, it wasn't talked about, but it was just done. I didn't realize I was in a political con- a political context as um, until I got around politics and realized, oh, I know about that because my my my, uh, my father was always called as a pastor to minister to people or to go to events. Mm-hmm. Certainly, in the time I was growing up, there were a lot of things happening because of the civil rights. Um, legacy that they were dealing with and also because that's what you do. You go to places and um, you speak about things that are supposed to be about the poor. Mm -hmm. So no, I had no idea that that was what they did until I got into it myself. You know, coming into this segment, we heard that clip of Shirley Chisholm and there's another quote that I I love that I love Shirley too, that people always recite and it's this quote, you don't make progress by standing on the sidelines, whimpering and complaining. You make progress by implementing ideas. How important is it with a gathering like this Power Summit rising to not just mobilize and, and galvanize, Erica, but really encourage black women into action? It's the most important thing we can do. Black women have been the backbone of political change since they got the right. And when I say the right, meaning they've always taken initiative. They've always been there. But it was not necessarily something that they were like feeling, I think, empowered to do. Black women are now being seen as not only change makers, but the moral majority. We're in the minority, but we're in the moral majority. I think we always vote for the village. We always find a way to discuss everyone's rights or to make sure that we're including everyone. And we make the least amount of money. We're the most educated and we're often the the last promoted. So how do we continue to do that, except if we start to put in legislation and policies that help us get what we need and not just we're not we're not just helping others to go and campaign and win? You are part of an organization that it's training women of color to not just run for political office, but you say to win. Yes. Here's my question. Have you ever thought about running for office? Girl, what you smoking over there? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you know what? I I like that you said that. Um, Here's the thing I think about celebrity culture at all inside of politics, that celebrities are citizens. They many I, to me I don't think of them as celebrities so much I think of them as small business owners. Mm-hmm. Small business owners who often employ many times a very small cadre of people to if you're Will Smith several thousand. Mm-hmm. You know, if you start counting the people that he works for for Sony and all the people that they they employ in one movie and all the ancillary um, income that it brings in. So what you're saying is this small business owner because he's the head of it and again, he does his job. That, some, that he's not able to speak in a political vein. But every time I look up, they'll say, well, we need to hear from this small business owner. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a ton of small business owners, and a lot of those are celebrities. When you think about the stance that Colin Kaepernick took in mm-hmm. terms of not standing, and he didn't play at all this no, past season, and he, he sure may didn't. never play again. And then we think about the efforts of Muhammad Ali decades ago. Yeah. But what about... And we think, and we know what Venus and Serena Williams have done too. They've taken some some stances related to political issues. But when we think about what it will take for this empowerment of Black women, little boys that see Colin Kaepernick, that's something that, that they can inspire to be. But for little girls right now, 
where are those voices coming from? Should they come from the political landscape? Is it celebrity? And I'm just throwing names out here. Is it Rihanna? Is it Beyonce? And we all love Beyonce. Don't y'all send me an email talking about Rose. I know that's right. You know, because you say something bad about Beyonce and you'll get an email. No. <laughs> but, but where does that come from? Where does where does that this next wave of role models come from to mobilize the younger generation? I think it'll come from young people themselves. I'm very uh, impressed with the young people who survived the shooting and how uh, present they are and they're talking. But they've been coached their whole lives because they're in front of the camera and they've been talking to each other on camera and sending messages. So they're ready, more ready in a way that's really inspiring. But going back to Colin Kaepernick, he said something when he kneeled. He said, don't do this. I'm, I'm kneeling because I need... Um, justice in my community for all these uh, people who are dying. And yet he stood up and then said, don't vote. I think that that's what happens. Sometimes you're more, we need to be more ready for those moments. We need education inside of our own communities and inside of those that culture. So whoever you are, whether you're Beyonce or Colin Kaepernick or Viola Davis, mm -hmm. who yesterday was, or a couple of days ago was talking about income equality. Mm -hmm. And there's Monique. A lot of people laugh and say, oh, she's wrong. And I, I align with her. She is right. She's talking about income inequality. And we need to stand up with our sister and not talk about, get confused about what's going on because Monique is fighting for something for mm -hmm. people who are coming after her. And here's what's happening. Viola Davis said it. He, she said, whenever you're doing something great, you're going to have to sacrifice something. So that's what happened to Colin Kaepernick. He didn't play, but maybe he sacrificed something for the greater good, but he'll pick it up. He will, he won't, he won't be, it will, may be a loss in income right now, but it won't be a loss of integrity. Same with Monique. She may be going through a dark moment, but mm -hmm. I want to align with that sister right now, right here, and say that she's right. We we need to stand with her. We need to make sure that she, we see that black women get paid very much uh, lower salaries mm -hmm. than their white counterparts. And that is unacceptable. You're on a panel later today about the image of black women in pop culture and media. This is timely considering the what's happening with Black Panther and, and the powerful oh. themes of strong, powerful African women that we see in this movie your take on Black Panther and its cultural impact here? Oh, I love Black Panther. <laughs> I, in fact, I'm auditioning for it right now. If you're out there, Ryan Coogler, come call me. I will be the love interest of Chadwick Boseman. Lupita, your days are numbered. <laughs> I think it's fabulous. I love it. Those black women are exactly who black women have always had to be. But why has then, in Hollywood, mm -hmm. we'll just say that, the images have always been compartmentalized to let's go back way way back to mm -hmm. the the nanny or the maids or and and you know look when we saw Diane Carroll and Julia that was a big deal yes and then we saw Wheezy with George that was a big deal and then we saw Clara Huxtable and then there you go right and then we saw you all on Living Single yeah you know the dreamscape or I call the moving image is the last place that racism can exist and if, as long as it can control those images, it can control how we're seen and how other people see us. But that is over with with the Internet. And we have now other streaming um, resources and platforms. And now people can build upon those. And that's why you're seeing all this movement and change. And change for you because the first time we spoke many years ago and you are an author. You, people don't realize this. And we're going to talk about Octavia Butler a little bit later on this program. Oh. but. Wow. You are a science fiction, you are a, a writer. This is something that you've been wanting to do. Is now the time to push more of those projects? Yes, Rose. Now's the time. I tell people to haul ass. You couldn't go fast enough. You know what I mean? Right now is the time, but the wheel turns. We don't know how long this time will last. Not because I, don't th I think the 
people won't want to see it, but sometimes you're distracted by war, by feast, by famine, things like that. Sometimes the weather changes. Will we see and hear you in the next presidential election? With me doing what? Do whatever. Will you be out there for the Democrats? Will you? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know what? Now, I mean, now I feel like um, that's what's expected of me. And frankly, I don't see how I can um, ask people to do more and can me continue. And there's all these people that I admire from Martin Luther King on to now these people that I've met that are living, that are living heroes to me, young women that I meet that are so outstanding. I want to make sure I'm there learning from them. But also it enriches me as an actress. I would like to take more time, but sometimes I have to stop to, you know, keep on the lights and, you know, you know, keep the utilities on. But that's the only reason I'll stop. So to keep those utilities on, what's next? You're working with Josh Wheaton. Is that true? I am. He called me out of the blue and wanted to do a collaboration. He just called you. Josh, yeah. Josh Wheaton just called you. Hey, hey, got them digits. And um, he said uh, he, he was doing a spinoff of Giles, uh, excuse me, of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and it's a, called Giles, and uh, Giles goes into a city school, and he's a he's a teenager for some reason yeah. now, magically, and he <laughs> meets a black girl vampire who's 200 years old and has something to teach him about what it is to be human. And you're going to write that? It's written. It's written. Yes, it's and it's in four parts, four books, and I'm really happy, and that's on Dark Horse, and, you know, we'll be talking more about that. I was very gratified. Again, Josh Whedon is a great supporter of women, and, and um, I found him to be a wonderful, um, uh, he taught me a lot. Thank you so much for taking the time. Real quickly, you do like George Clinton and Parliament Funkadelic, right? Come on. Hit that one time for P-Funk. Thank you, Erica. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> ah, what a fun conversation. Raul, what you know about Parliament Funkadelic? 1996 Olympics. They okay. played, I was based at the Olympic Village, mm-hmm. and they played the Olympic Village. So I got to see George Clinton closer than than oh I am anybody in this studio right now. Um, uh, well, I actually had a chance to to meet him and introduce him Music Midtown years oh. years ago. I yeah, yeah. Was that ninety six or ninety seven? No 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 no. I was uh no it was it was a little bit later than that because I was at a another station. Oh. But it it was fun and and look, Parliament Funkadelic in my house, you know. Uh, we went we, look having a, a father who was a jazz musician so of course we had Duke Ellington and of course we had Dinah Washington and all the greats and then P-Funk came he's like okay yeah I'm gonna let y'all have it that's good we can roll with that I mean that <laughs> that was I remember one year at Music Midtown it was like Steve Miller on one stage mm-hmm. I think I, I, I think Parliament was on another stage, and I can't remember. Oh, and sent was it Santana on a third? Oh. All at the same time. Good that, lineup. That was Good lineup. Back when it was in in like real Midtown over by yeah, because I was like I had to go down an alley and cut through a street and get to the stage. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that just proves that we are seasoned journalists, and this is a seasoned show program. <laughs> this is a seasoned program. Closer look from WAB in Atlanta, and it's conversations like the one we just had with Erica Alexander going beyond just what she's doing as an actor, but also talking to her about what's passionate for her, particularly during a political season. And we're asking you to help us continue great programming, giving a few dollars that will help us create meaningful insight and contact context to what's happening right here in Atlanta. And with just a few minutes to give, we got another good reason because we've got a $250 restaurant.com gift card. Raul, tell them about it. 
It's, you know, we, and we've got some great restaurants. Planet Bombay is one of those that you can use it for. The Sweet Potato Cafe in Stone Mountain, which I've not been to. Um, those are just some of the great restaurants that you can use this $250 restaurant.com gift card. Right now, your chances of winning is 1 in 13. We've had mm. so many pe- great people, you know, come on board to support us. Susan from Atlanta. Alice from from Woodstock, and we've had a few anonymous folks, uh, anonymous folks from Stone Mountain, Marietta, and Powder Springs. Thanks. Those to are my all friends. Those anonymous are friends. from Powder Springs. <laughs> we go way back. <laughs> uh, Raul is but Raul is correct. You know, the amount to give really is up to you. You know what you can afford. Plus, every WABE monthly donor automatically now receives another gift from us. That is the PBS streaming service Passport. And we do this because we rely heavily on Atlanta for support. We feel like we should give you something back, too. So understand this. Nearly 90%, 90% of our funding comes from Metro Atlanta. That's listeners like you. So please give as generously as you can at wabe.org slash donate. Or you can call 678-553-9090. And we got a cool piece of clothing. Check it out. With your new gift to WABE, we'd like to say thanks with our new fall hoodie. It features the color NPR logo on the front and the WABE logo on the back. This stylish black 50-50 poly cotton blend comes in sizes from small to triple extra large. Facts matter, so stand in support of one of the most trusted news outlets in the country. With your monthly gift of $20 or a one-time gift of $240 at wabe.org slash donate. And with that monthly donation, you'll automatically receive an added gift the PBS streaming service, Passport. You can also donate over the phone at 678-553-9090. Thanks. Thanks. And as we wrap up, remember now, when you give right now, your name is being entered into a drawing to win that $250 restaurant.com gift card. We've got about a minute left, but don't worry now, because if you're listening in the 7 p.m. hour or two, you also can make a donation. So please make your fall gift right now at wabe.org slash donate or with a call to 678-553-9090. And as always, thank you so much and good luck. I really appreciate you, Raul. You're going to come back tomorrow. I really appreciate you. That's it for this edition of Closer Look. Our producers are LaShawn Hudson, Daniel Razel, and Pat St. Clair. Our engineer is Kevin. He rides a bike, Kevin Rinker. So a reminder, let us know your thoughts on today's program or any other. Send me an email, rose at wabe.org. Stay tuned to 90.1 WABE Atlanta. I'm Rose Scott. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. The Gold Dome Scramble podcast is now plugged in, a WABE politics podcast. New name, same on-the-ground reporting from us, WABE politics reporters Sam Greenglass and Raul Bally. We'll cover local, state, and national politics as we talk to politicians and voters to break down each week's biggest headlines. New episodes drop on Fridays. Listen and subscribe at WABE.org or your favorite podcast platform. WABE.